For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Paydirt Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. It's been a relatively quiet week in Penn State football, but in regards to college football as a whole, we just got done with the 2022 College Football Playoff National Championship game. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. So we're going to dive into that game a little bit since it was the only college football game to talk about this week. Not a ton of news for Penn State, but we are going to discuss some of the things going on with the changing schedule for the Nittany Lions going into 2022 and yet another very important change to the Penn State coaching staff that I know Matt has a lot to touch on in regards to that. So thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year with a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. The Pater Podcast is presented by BetOnline where the game starts. And of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater podcast. And you know, I love these guys especially because they're big wrestling fans and they <laughs> love Penn State football, Matt. So it's the perfect com- combination for you and I. Yeah, and it's exciting. Now, uh, next week is the return of OG Citrus, Tom, circa 2014. <laughs> um, you know, this beer came out. Um, so, uh, you know, it's the original citrus recipe. It's an Indian pale ale brewed with grapefruit juice. They're bringing it back. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And obviously we talk a lot about, you know, that that citrus collection that that they have, triple citrus, um, you know, this regular citrus, the the, uh, the little citrus. So ton of great stuff. They're in Emmaus. They're in Elizabethtown. Um, you know, fantastic beer. Check them out and keep an eye out for the uh, for the original citrus, um, you know, making its return next week. And personally, I'm partial to the Silent Disco IPA. I had a lot of them in a golf cart with you, Matt, at your charity (laughs) golf tournament. They were fun. Um, You can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. So, Matt. Been a big week. Yeah. A lot of a lot of football stuff. Well, not as much football before, stuff. Wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second here. Because before we even get into some football stuff, you are the new voice of Impact <laughs> Wrestling, correct? When, when did this happen? Because yeah, so, I didn't even know. Hang on a second. Know, now. Hang know, on a second right. now. Uh, I had to have my cousin send me a text message <laughs> saying, hey, Tom's the new voice of Impact Wrestling. And my response was, Wow. I did not even know that. And my, my cousin's response was like, yeah, okay, I'm sure he didn't tell you. And I'm like, 
dude, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. I had no clue. How did this go down? Was it you know, something that happened overnight? Was it something that was in the process for a while? You know, or, yeah, or, you know um, what happened? You- First of all, thank you. And you texted me uh, on Saturday being like, what the hell? Like all this stuff, you call me Sunday. So I appreciate that, man. And it was, uh, no, it's been quietly developing over the last month. And I have a lot of friends that I used to work with in WWE that work there now. And you know how it is. It's just you get connected with the right people, powers of be. Had really good conversations with uh, Scott Diamore, the guy in charge, Josh Matthews, who I used to work with briefly in WWE. So it just lined up really nicely, man. And you and I have talked since that my time in WWE was great, but it was 52 weeks a year. This schedule is very different. It allows me to have something I'm passionate about on my own terms. And it's a great schedule. So I'm really excited about it. I love the people I'm working with. I had a blast at the hard to kill pay-per-view this past weekend. Um, if there's anybody watching this podcast, that's also into wrestling. Um, I highly recommend go to impactwrestling.com, check out impact plus. You can check out the shows like on demand and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I couldn't tell anybody cause I was a surprise up until Saturday. So I, flew into dallas and i had so much anxiety dude because it's all these people in the hotel like i've known most of them for the better part of a decade and i'm in the hotel like got the hat on and the mask and i'm just like going up to the room and i was like super nervous man because i've never done that before and i was like oh this is super weird and then once i you know the reveal was done on social media my good friend renee paquette announced it uh i was such a load off and getting to see all these old friends man it was just it was great What's that? What's that like for you? Like you mentioned, like the travel schedule. And I was actually going to ask you that. Like, is it more now? Like, all right, I can take a step back. I can kind of, you know, not that it's not exciting to be able to do what you love every single day, but is it like get like kind of just like when you're on the road fifty two weeks out of the year? Does it just get like? Is it the same almost every single day? Do you become somewhat of a robot compared to what you're able to do now? where it's like less travel days. So is it like more excited? Like are you like leading up to it? Is it more excited it's or really? And you and I've talked about wrestling and WWE a million times before, but it's very similar to what I used to do when I was strictly doing like NXT in WWE and NXT UK, because they would do live shows obviously, but then they would tape their shows for like two, three, four weeks in advance sometimes. So it's very familiar for me, which is great. But to your point, like 52 weeks a year, it, it's a grind yeah. and I loved every second of it with WWE. Like it was fun, but when you're taking multiple flights a week and you're spending oh. the bulk of your week in a hotel, uh, it's, it's tough and you have a family and a lot of those guys have family. So it's really, really difficult to maintain. So, uh, by the time that that, you know, part of my career ended, it was like, I needed the break. So I was away for six months and, uh, it's just good to have this on a different schedule. It's something that's familiar. And there's the added challenge, Matt, of like, and you know this from playing sports, like when you're in the season and it's everyday football, you, you're fresh, you're sharp, you're yeah. going with it all yeah. the time. That's what WWE got out of its performers is that you're doing it all the time. So this is going to be a different challenge for me in that impact. It's like, oh, it's, you know, I just did the shows and then I won't fly out again until I think the 20th, the 19th or 20th or something like that. So it's like, okay, it's on me to make sure it's like I'm dialed in, I'm doing my, my homework and. I want to do all this stuff. I'm really excited about it. And it's a lot of guys. I just found out Jay White from New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be working the Impact tapings uh, the next time we do a taping later this month in Fort Lauderdale. So I'm like, I'm jacked up, man. It's just uh, renewed my passion for it. It's do super you, cool. Do you think there's more room for you to get better at it now because you do have time off between 
those shows and pay-per-views and things like that. Whereas with WWE, you're probably calling matches almost every night. Whereas so now you can kind of sit back and be like, well, I could have went this direction with with this match. I could have went this direction. I could have did this. I could have did that. I think I could look at it either way, man. Like yeah. doing WWE consistently, just having the rep all the time was really yeah. cool. Um, this is just going to be different. You know, it's a different yeah. way of looking at it. And you know me, man. I like everything to be perfect. No doubt. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which can be annoying. And That's I the thing, dude. Like, you don't even like, even with football, like, you never remember the good plays. You never remember oh, the, yeah. the big if I have throws, a bad call, touchdowns. Yeah. I, I will never forget it. Yeah. So, yeah, man. But I appreciate your support. And uh, it's, it's cool because, like, all my old friends from the wrestling world and then friends of mine who didn't know as well, like I, like I said, I had to keep my mouth shut. So it's kind of cool how people were, I heard from a guy from high school that I haven't spoken to since high school. I barely spoke to him in high school. I was like, I didn't know you were even a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun uh, weekend. And the, the best part for me, dude, was that when I was working in WWE, predominantly I was working Mondays. I was working backstage on Monday Night Raw or I was calling Monday Night Raw. So I never, I was either traveling on Sunday, so I would miss the Eagles, and then I would be working Monday, so I'd miss Monday Night Football, or I'd miss the national title game. So last night, I actually got to watch the national title game on my couch live for the first time in I don't know how many That's years. That's awesome. Yeah. So did you get to see much of it? I know you got a crazy household right yeah, now. Yeah, I a, watched a baby it. baby yeah. on the way. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Getting ready for, for you know, uh, our, our baby boy. You know, here coming in a couple of weeks. So you're right. Yeah, we're getting the house ready. Um, you know, making sure sure we're good to go. But uh, but yeah, man. You know, really enjoyed that game. Um, you know, you kind of had a feeling that it was going to be closer this time around. Um, like Kirby Smart, that Georgia team, especially that Georgia defense. They're just it, it's too good. It was they're they're too good for that to happen to them twice. Mm-hmm. And I expected, I fully expected Alabama to still be able to get the job done. Um, but man, I mean, I mean, that Georgia team was fired up. They were ready to go. Um, I mean, there's so much talent all over the field on both sides of the ball, man. I mean, look, you say what you want about the SEC. <laughs> those are, those are, you know, the best two teams in the nation. They had every right to be playing in that football game. Um, it was awesome. It was fun to watch, you know, and what's, what's like more, you know, fun, I guess about this year's national championship, at least for me, because obviously I was a former walk-on. Stetson Bennett, Georgia's quarterback. I figured you were going to talk. I was like, I mean, "Yeah, man, I, this is your dream." You know, that's so cool. He is a former walk-on. The, the kid had to go to uh, JUCO and then had to go back to Georgia, earn a scholarship, everything like that, and then to be playing for the best team in the nation, throws a couple of touchdowns to play the way he played. I mean, it just shows you that. There, there is no right path. There's no correct path. Everybody has a different path. Everybody has a gif- different journey to success, right? You could be a five-star recruit and go on to be a number one pick. That's great. That happens all the time. You can be a zero-star recruit and go on to win national titles and you know be undrafted and still have a great career in, in the NFL or be a great you know college player and be successful. It just doesn't doesn't have to be one way or the other, man. So, uh, I mean, it's awesome to see. That's great for college football, too. Because, like I said, everybody sees that. Um, you know, it's just because if you're not, you know, if you're a one-star, two-star, three-star, whatever it may be, zero-star like I was, it's just the point is to not get discouraged. You believe in yourself. You believe in your abilities. You believe in your work ethic. You're consistent day in and day out, um, and good things can happen. So that's uh, that, that was awesome to see. 
it was very clear, you know, talking about getting discouraged that Stetson Bennett was uncomfortable to start that sure. game. Like yeah. I was texting friends being like, Georgia better make some corrections here because it feels like they're dead in the water after the way the first half went. Um, they just, Alabama had Stetson Bennett on the run yep. every single time he dropped back. Uh, Georgia didn't really seem to have a lot of answers from an athletic standpoint, their weapons on offense, and then defense was doing as best they could. But Alabama, to their credit, had an excellent game plan of just, hey, we're going to work around this defensive line, this front seven. We are going to make them run and be gassed. But to Kirby Smart's credit as well, they talked so much about it during the broadcast that he had them training in terms of conditioning hard as hell for the better part of a month and a half. And it showed. It looked like it was really, really different from when these teams met for the SEC championship. So I, I was really surprised, ultimately, to see them rebound in the second half the way they did and then pull away at the end. It was a beautiful moment if you're a Georgia fan. And you kind of touched on it. I'm thrilled to see some freaking parody in the college football playoff. <laughs> Granted, Georgia's been dominant for a number of years, of just course, not yeah. winning national titles in, in over 20 years. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, the one thing I thought of, and like, Nick Saban, I, I loved his quote after the game because he had Will Anderson and he had Bryce Young there. Yeah. And he's like, one game does not define these players. And I completely agree with that. However, the Heisman Trophy, having seen Will Anderson play a full season the way he did, and then especially the way he played in the national title game, I believe it was an enormous oversight to not even invite him yeah. to New York. His stats are ridiculous. To see what he did defensively, was ridiculous. Did the wrong Alabama player win the Heisman? Uh, no, I don't look. I know I don't think so. Obviously, that kid is tremendous, and like even watching him in that national title game, like it, you can tell he's the best athlete on the field, right? Just just the way he reacts, the way he moves, the way he plays the game. Since we're talking about wrestling, it's like when like. Brock Lesnar walks into the ring or, oh. walks, or walks in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's like when he walks into the ring or walks into like the octagon. It's like, yeah, this dude's the best athlete in the entire arena. That's what it's like with, with, with Will Anderson when he steps on the field, man. Um, so do we know. need to change the way Heisman's are awarded? Like, it just seems like it's so destined to be this quarterback running back award. And it's yeah. like the fact that it took the bulk of the season for Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan to even mm -hmm. get any recognition and nobody bothered to look at Will Anderson. I, I I mean, well, ask yourself this question then. You know, when you look back, have there since Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, have there been two guys on a team that have been Heisman finalists? Not that I can recall. I can't remember. They. I hope not that's not you know trending in that direction where it's like, you know, we don't want you know two guys from you know a certain team. You know, taking up those spots, which that's ridiculous. Obviously, I'm sitting here just, you know, if they're good enough to be there, they're good enough to exactly. be there. Exactly, that, it doesn't fine. matter. It doesn't matter. But that I, that I was like know. the it case just, that got brought up once. Aiden Hutchinson was a finalist. It was like, well, why isn't Will Anderson a finalist? Then what are we what are mm -hmm. we talking about here? What are we doing? Well, it it felt very much like you and I talked about it on a prior podcast is that Devontae Smith, no one was really talking about him until halfway through the season because no one was really the clear cut guy. And then it was just like it almost felt like oh, well, this will be a different option in terms of we'll just give it to this wide receiver because he's having a killer year, and that's like a nice way to do that. And, you know, it just from a political standpoint, it just seemed like a different way to go, and I feel like we just completely overlook defenders. Yeah. No, you're right. We have to, It's almost like if you're a defender, you have to play special teams. You have to, you know. You have to, you have to go full Desmond Howard. Yeah, yeah. 
or or Charles Woodson or you know what I mean something like that where it's like yeah you're playing you know corner you're playing safety you know you, you you're the captain of your defense you've got a number of tackles you got a number of interceptions but what else are you doing are you returning kicks are you returning punts do they throw you in for jet sweeps or a few catches here throughout the course of a game like it's it's like it's like shock value almost right it's like what are you doing if you're a defender that it's just being great isn't good enough, right? You have to shock mm. everyone and surprise everyone, um, you know, week in and week out, which which is unfortunate. And even back, like, I mentioned Will Anderson, like, uh, remember when Sue, you know, people wanted... Dominican Sue. Yep. People wanted Sue to win the Heisman because he clearly he was, you know, arguably the best... at Nebraska. The yep. best player in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see you know, what, what they decide to do moving forward. It's just, and I mentioned shock value because it's hard to look past when somebody throws for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns in the SEC and they oh, don't yeah. lose. And it's no and disrespect to Bryce yeah. Young. It just was, yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. obvious how good Will Anderson was last night. <laughs> so are you, a, are you a best player on the best team? Isn't that the purpose of the award? I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, because you could be, look, you could be a great player, you know what I mean? But if you can't, help your team win week in and week out mm-hmm. then it's kind of you know it's it, and it and it doesn't even need to be like um like robert griffin the third when he won the heisman was baylor the best team in the country no well they were one of the best teams in exactly the country. so yeah. like you have to be in that general conversation of one of the best teams yeah. i think that yeah. goes without saying like if you're on a winless team and the dude's got otherworldly stats nobody's going to recognize you so I, I understand the optics of it but i think it should just go to the best player period and to me, the best player on the field in the biggest game of the year last night was Will Anderson. So it, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. Congrats to Bryce Young. He's going to have a crazy good career at Alabama, at least. Do you think like promoting these guys is still as big of a factor as it used to be with the way Absolutely. social with the way social media is now and things like that? And you know what it is because you play yeah. quarterback. It is very easy to stick a microphone in the face of the quarterback because you know yeah. you're going to shoot him the entire yeah. game long. You're going to see his face. Uh, you touch the ball every single time. So it's a very easy narrative to write. Whereas you're not always talking about an outside linebacker on any given play. So I, I, that's just kind of the way football is, is that those position players get a lot of love and a lot of attention, but I don't know. I just hope this season and I, I'm probably just a, you know, uh, a a romantic for college football. And it's like, Oh, I hope somebody learns something from this and they won't, but (laughs) it's like, Hey, let's look at what this season was and really sit back and be like, who was actually the best player in college football and maybe move that forward into 2022. But speaking of 2022, for those of you that tuned into this podcast, because it's about Penn State football, we're about to talk about that because their schedule for 2022 has been a topic this week. And also, we're going to talk about a key departure from Penn State's coaching staff. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that all of us involved in the Paydirt podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. And in case you weren't already aware, THON intends to hold THON Weekend 2022 in person from February 18th to 20th 
2022 in the Bryce Jordan Center and University Park, Pennsylvania. To learn more about Thon Weekend 2022 or to donate, visit thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video, if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag Tag Me In and hashtag Tag Me In United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag Me In. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. All right, Matt. So we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, Obviously, this is going to come out Wednesday. The news today that we're recording this is that uh, there was a new schedule update put out for the Big Ten in regards to football. And then it was rescinded. And now the news is the time we're recording is that the updated schedule is going to be put out tomorrow morning. So I encourage everybody listening to this to go take a look at it because some games are supposedly going to be moved on the schedule, not opponents, but they're just going to be moved. There is a potential, Matt, that some of the bigger games, initially one of the uh, schedules that came out for Penn State and then obviously was rescinded and will be updated, was there was Ohio State jumping from the first week of October to the last week of October. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are some things here that you can speculate and think maybe – if you put some of those, you know, real titans on Penn State's schedule real late in the season, Penn State's get, maybe got a better record by the time you get to those roadblocks. So we'll have to see exactly what that is. Again, everybody go to Penn State's website and check that out. But we are going to talk about the opponents and what the potential record is actually going to look like in 2022. So, uh, Matt, I, I'm just going to walk you through it as it stands right now. It's yeah. not necessarily about when it occurs in terms of October, November, whatever, but uh, road, home game, that does matter, and opponent does matter. So want to just go by one by one here? You good with that? Go ahead, yeah. I mean, that that first game of the year scares me already. So At Purdue, Dude, how do you feel? I mean, West La- going to West Lafayette, you know, this is a nine, that's a nine-win football team, just won a bowl game. Um, I mean, offensively, about as explosive as you can be. Um, I understand they have to find a way to replace David Bell, but you're never going to replace a guy like David Bell. I mean, you know, that's a guy that that only comes around to your program once in a very long time. But after their bowl game, a lot of guys made play for them at the wide receiver position. So I feel like collectively they'll be able to do that. Aiden O'Connell is returning to Purdue. Um, Again, I think one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And, you know, I mean, Jeff Brom has done a fantastic job over the past few years of really turning around um, this Purdue football program, right? I mean, that fan base is excited, right? I mean, you you slowly start started to see that stadium fill up a lot, um, you know, throughout throughout this past season and a lot over the past few years compared to what what it used to look like when you would play in West Lafayette, Tom. So, week one at Purdue, that that's a scary football game, right? Right now, it really is. Win or loss. <laughs> So we're doing we're doing the win losses yeah. here right now. I you know look man I think I think right now I think that's a loss. I really do. I think Purdue's got a ton. I, agree. Of, I think Purdue has a ton of momentum. Um, you know it's it, 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 they can be the team in the West. You know I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to pick them to win the West, but you know they they they're, they they deserve to be with the Iowas with the Wisconsins. 
um, you know, it, with the Minnesotas, right? I mean, that, that, that that's a dangerous team in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, home game versus Ohio. Ohio U, not Ohio State. Yeah. We, we lost to Ohio <laughs> at home in 2012. So listen, I mean, you know, uh, that's that's a great football program, right? But but Penn State needs to be able to rebound with a win there, Tom. Mm-hmm. You would hope so. Uh, so one and one, I think we both agree at this point yeah. in the season. And again, we're we're all you know these could shuffle, so it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, last year, Penn State hosted Auburn. This year, they will go to Auburn, Alabama, uh, for a road game in the SEC. How are you feeling about that one? I mean, look, I mean that's obviously that's no joke of a game either, right? Traveling to Auburn, um, you know, you know, anytime you play a team, you know, two years in a row where you play, you know, I mean, you play a team every year. Time you certainly remember, you know, the way the game went last time, you know, especially if you lost, right. It's all, it's all you're thinking about. I was like, I cannot wait until we play this team again. Um, you know, uh, can't wait to have the opportunity to beat this team. So look, I think that's a tough road game for Penn state. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they, look, you, sh- they should be able to, to get a win, um, against Auburn. I, I feel the same way because yeah. I think Bo Nix's departure is bigger than people realize. No doubt, yeah. I don't think Bo Nix is lighting the world on fire. And he I hope he has all the success in the world at Oregon. But considering the guys who replaced him, I don't know if there's tons of uh, room for like enthusiasm at the, the signal caller spot for Auburn. And then, listen, they're, they're going to continue to run the ball well. Um, they are very good about placing athletes on defense, but they're going to send some guys to the league, so they could be vulnerable in this game. So I think I'm with you. I think two and one for Penn yeah. State at this point. Um, and then it is a home game against the Central Michigan Chippewas. That is the uh, alma mater of Antonio Brown, by the way. <laughs> so for all of you playing at home, uh, how do you feel about Penn State versus Central Michigan? Yeah, it should be another win for Penn State, right? I mean, look, mm-hmm. th- they should be three and one heading into that Northwestern game. Um, and for me, that Northwestern game, obviously a down year for Northwestern, but what makes Pat Fitzgerald so special as a coach is that Northwestern isn't the program to have back-to-back poor seasons, right, and continue to let that trend be normal. You got to remember, 2019, they were 3-9, and right? And then fast forward to 2020, they go seven and two. They win the West. They lose in the Big Ten championship game in a close game mm-hmm. to Ohio State. They go on to win the Citrus Bowl. Right, that's a tough game right there for Penn State. Um, I understand it's a home game. Obviously, that'll help Penn State tremendously. Um, but uh, but that's a tough game right there for Penn State. I think Penn State should be able to get it done just because of the uncertainty right now at Northwestern's quarterback position. But you got look, you got a long way to go. Before that, if you're Northwestern and figuring out who your quarterback, you know, will be here in 2022. And to the point that you were making, the changes that we saw today that were posted and then rescinded. Um, Ohio State was initially slated for October 1st. Right. Then it was Northwestern's October 1st. And Ohio State got bumped to the end of October. So we're working off of the schedule that was initially up, not the one that was added and then rescinded. So we'll see, I believe, Matt, like Northwestern we anticipate to be added, but like, I don't want to yeah. jump to any conclusions necessarily since we're recording a right. day before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if, uh, it's Ohio state, you know, again, regardless of date, um, versus Ohio state at home, uh, scary. <laughs> yeah. So you're going, oh, you go, which, so like, hold on a second, which schedule are you going off of? 
I'm going off the original one. The original one? Okay, yeah. It was posted, and then the new one was put up, and then the new one was rescinded. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to have today, so I'm just yeah. <laughs> trying to put up as many predictions as we yeah, can. I know, yeah, yeah. But home against Ohio State. Home against Ohio, like home against Ohio, look, it's, uh, I think it's a loss. I just don't think they're at that level right now that Ohio State is at. Everybody talked about, you know, what were they going to do in this bowl game with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave not playing. Obviously, they answered, you know, Smith and Jigba, you know, is arguably the best wide receiver in the Big Ten right now. Marvin Harrison Jr., like out of nowhere, right, you know, has a, has a tremendous Rose Bowl game. I mean, they just have so much talent and so much depth at that wide receiver spot. Obviously, Stroud playing the way he played this year in year one as a starter, how fast he developed. I remember early on in the season, right, when he was struggling a little bit. You know, you know, people are like, oh, maybe it's time to go to another quarterback. Um, but right, I mean, just the ability for such a young quarterback to make the adjustments, make the corrections, get better every single week and become not just, you know, the best quarterback in the Big Ten, but but you know, arguably, you know, the best quarterback in America, man. So it's impressive. Um, and, and again, and I talk about it all the time, the the job Ryan Day does, you know, not just as a head coach, but you know, as an offensive coordinator, um, as a game planner as a quarterback coach, the ability to get that team ready to play week in and week out is, uh, is impressive. You know, uh, it really is. And look, even like look at that Ohio state game, right. That I think that's a lost time. And like the schedule I'm looking at, they had, you know, it was Michigan, Minnesota, and then Ohio state, right. Mm-hmm. If that's it, that's a tough three game stretch. Yep. Um, you know, so much about succeeding in the big 10 is how strong is your quarterback? How good, of quarterback play can you get week in and week out? Can your quarterback win the game for you week in and week out? Or is he in a position where he doesn't have to do that? He just has to manage the game, right? Not turn it over, um, you know, and, and be a leader. And that's what Michigan has in Cade McNamara. Um, you know, I understand, you know, they lose some guys defensively. You know, they, they lose Hassan Haskins. Um, but again, Blake Corum's back. Maybe they've got some talent. You know, this is one of the teams in the Big Ten, Tom, that is equally good on both sides of the football. Right, I think, and that's in Ann Arbor. That's a tough game. I think that can be a loss. You look at Minnesota, another another nine win team this mm-hmm. year. A team for a few weeks there, I thought was going to win the West. Right, Kirk Sharaka is back in Minnesota as the offensive coordinator. We all know the type of success he had there um, when when Minnesota won eleven games, including mm-hmm. beating Penn State back in twenty nineteen. Um, you have to think Kirk Sharaka has a big red circle around Penn State on his calendar right now. Mm. Definitely want you know wants wants to play them. Um, well, he's gonna love that shotgun handoff right to the A gap. That's his <laughs> that's his a lot, favorite. A lot of a lot of a lot of quick you know a lot of quick game, a lot of quick plays. You know, but but you remember Minnesota's returning Tanner Morgan, who's played a ton of football. He's coming back. Mo mm-hmm. Ibrahim is coming back. One of the better running backs in America. Right, if that's the stretch right there, Minnesota. Or excuse me, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa State. <laughs> I mean, dare I say that could be three losses in a row, Tom? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Michigan's an interesting one because the rumors have been out there about uh, Jim Harbaugh in terms of whether or not he's staying long term at Michigan and is he flirting with going back to the NFL. And genuinely, I was surprised by those rumors. And uh, you know, it, it seems odd to get to the point that Michigan just did in the college football playoff and then be like, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, that's what's that's what's so special 
That's what's so great. That's what's so crazy about this game of football, you know, college or NFL is that things can change within a day. Things can Mm -hmm. change so fast. Um, It shows you the type of coach Jim Harbaugh is, too, that he's wanted at the college level. He's wanted at the NFL level. He's had success in the in the college game and in the NFL game. And that's rare, right? That doesn't happen very often. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, over the next few weeks or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, man, they got a great thing at Michigan right now with Jim Harbaugh, that staff and those players, because when you look around the big 10 time and you talk about, you know, like leadership and commitment and dedication, what Michigan has right now is something special. That is a players led football team that Mm -hmm. we saw here in 2021. And that's what led them the whole way. That's what helped them get over that Michigan State loss and helped them rally and play some of the best football we saw um, a week in and a week out. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, But you have to think, if if he leaves, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that want that that job. I'm I'm talking NFL, NFL guys or college guys. But it's more the responses, you know, of when a new coach comes in, the response of the players. You yeah. experienced that with Bill O'Brien. So it's like, okay, would the right guy come in no and doubt. you know pick up where Harbaugh left off? But again, it's all speculation at this Here's point. Here's the thing, so, too. Here's the thing, too, Tom. It's it's kind of like, so if that does happen, I mean, that staff is great. Mm-hmm. Are you, oh, excellent. You know, great are you, are you, are you yeah. gonna Are you going to go in and, you know, hire your own people? Or are you going to retain, you know, Josh Gaddis, Mike McDonald, um, you know, uh, uh, Harbaugh, the spe- a special teams coordinator who just won special teams coordinator of the year. I mean, there, there's a ton of talent on that staff as well. So, I mean, and who goes with Jim Harbaugh, you know, if, if he does take, you know, another job. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. Um, but, you know, but that, I think that's a loss <laughs> either way. I do. Uh, that being at Michigan. So again, we're working off the initial schedule that GoPSUSports.com had put out, which had October 1st versus Ohio State at Michigan, October 8th versus Illinois, October 15th versus Michigan State, October 29th at Indiana, November 5th versus uh, Maryland, November 12th versus Minnesota, November 19th at Rutgers, November 20th, uh, November 26th. The updated one that was, again, put up and then put down and very likely is coming out right now as I'm speaking is that <laughs> October 1st, it's versus Northwestern yeah. by week, October 15th at Michigan, October 22nd versus Minnesota, October 29th versus Ohio State. We're covering it all. We're covering November it all. 5th at Indiana, November 12th versus Maryland, November 19th versus or at Rutgers, excuse me, and then ending the season at home against Sparty. So I guess the question we have to ask is the stretch of Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State, those four opponents, how do you feel? Because at this point, based on what I'm gleaning from what you put you know, on paper, so to speak, is that Penn State, that chunk of Minnesota, Michigan, and Ohio yeah. State could be three losses. That's tough. That is a tough and stretch. And then you're looking at September, which is largely expected to stay the same as three and one. All right, great. So now you've got a three and four football team. And you've got to deal with, as I mentioned, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. What do you think about that quartet? You know, I think Indiana has missed their window, you know, to to win the East or to even make it not to make a push for the East and be what one of the better football teams, you know, in the East and in the Big Ten. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of hype surrounding Indiana this year. I was a big fan of it. I'm still a big fan of Indiana and Tom Allen. Um you know, but I think look, Penn State should have no problem in that game. You know, the Maryland game, 
I think should scare Penn State a little bit, right? You know, and I've I've been high on Maryland. You know that I've talked a mm-hmm. lot about them on on this podcast. I've talked a lot about them on, on Sirius XM, ESPN, New Big Ten Radio. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what Mike Loxley um, has done there. Um, just need to find some consistency. I think the bowl game was very encouraging for Talia Tunga Vailoa. Um, you know, you got to remember Dante Demas Jr., one of the better wide receivers in all of the Big Ten, who was injured. Uh, midway through this year is returning for another year that is huge um you know for for Talia and for for offensive coordinator Dan Enos um I think Maryland could be a very dangerous team this year I think Penn State still beats them um but I think it's close I, I really do and I think look I think they beat Rutgers I just don't think Rutgers is there yet again you know Greg Schiano has that team motivated week in and week out to play I think Penn State wins that football game and you know Michigan State you know, if it's close, Tom, if that game is close, I think Penn State loses. Um, you know, Mel Tucker has just shown a great ability to you know make adjustments, um, you know, to really focus on the strengths of his team. You know, and I talked a lot about this, his ability to try to try to hide that secondary for a majority of the year. And he did that. He changed looks up front. He brought pressure. You know, he you know, would fake bringing pressure and play coverage, mm-hmm. stuff like that. He did a great job. Um, again, of high, hiding that secondary, which was the worst in America, right? And they still won, you know, 10, 11 games, um, mm. you know, so that's a very good football team. You know, Peyton Thorne became one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten this year. Could they replace Kenneth Walker, right? I mean, that's a big question. They're, there. they're pretty good about that. It's usually next man up at running yep. back yep. who wants 300 carries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So but that's it right there. Can you run the football at Michigan State? Um, you know, but. You know, I think something it, it, I'm not saying somebody needs to go run for 1500 yards at Michigan State for them to be successful this year, because Peyton Thorne has proven a few mm-hmm. times this year that he can win the game for you. Right. He can throw for 300 yards. He can throw for three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can push the football down the field. He can make big throws when his team needs you know him to make big throws. We saw that against Pitt, um, you know, in the bowl game. Um, so Michigan State is to be a tough team to beat. I think Penn State, I think Penn State loses that game. It's, it's in Beaver Stadium, but I think. Mm-hmm. I think Penn State loses that one time. What are we at? I wasn't keeping so track. So by my math, I think <laughs> I have you at six and five for Penn State. Now that I'm, I'm going to get to the twelfth game here because that's the I was mistaken earlier. So the one change in opponent for these two schedules that have been put out there, and we'll see what happens. If the game is versus Northwestern, or if the game is versus Illinois, both home games. Um, Penn State lost to Illinois last year. I mean, we, yeah. you can't say anything's a given. Um, I would hope that after last year's letdown that the team would come in with a renewed focus and be like, we are going to smash these guys because what happened last year in a revenge game. So personally, I think if it remains Illinois on the schedule as it was initially, that's a win for Penn State. Mm-hmm. However, if you're hosting Northwestern, what do you think about that one? I, I still think it's a win. Um, I do. Look, uh, you know, I, I, it's seven and five. I can see I can see eight and four. Somewhere, Tom, one of those games, I think maybe they can get, mm-hmm. they can pull off an upset. They can pull off a big win. Purdue um, or Minnesota, those feel like games. Yeah, yeah. Or not, not gimme, and gimme is the wrong word to use, but like winnable games. Certainly. Look, every game is winnable. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's always the way I feel. It's just what, it, what it comes down to. Can you execute? Can you not execute? What are your in game adjustments? Talk about it all the time again. I'm going to talk about it right now. What do you do during certain situations, right? That don't lose the game for you or that can win the game for you. Most importantly, when that moment shows up, do you realize, okay, this is a moment. This is a big moment in this game. What are we going to do 
that can change the outcome or change the trajectory of this game. So I think they need to get better when it comes to moments like that. Um, but yeah, Tom, I mean, seven and five, eight and four. You agree? Disagree? No, I don't. I don't disagree. And like, it's at worst six and six. You were right this year. Well, I, I so this coming into this year, I thought eight and four. Yeah, and we finished seven and six, obviously with a bowl game tacked on. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's deflating. It's really deflating, and and it continues it, the, as long as these, you know, uh, it's a projection, it's a prediction, it's speculation. Fine, yeah. but it's still not completely out of the realm of possibility. As long as that's the potential for the finish in twenty twenty two. I mean, like, what what is going on? You know, and we're sitting here, it's January, right? I mean, there's obviously a long way to go um, mm-hmm. until September comes around. You know, there's a lot of things that, be, that need to improve on, a lot of corrections, a lot of adjustments that need to be made with the run game, with the offensive line. Um, you know, who else besides Parker Washington, you know, can be a big-time wide receiver for you? Um, uh, what are you doing at the quarterback position? Right? Is it Sean Clifford's job to lose? Is it an open competition? Does everybody get a fair chance to be the guy at Penn State? Um, you know, obviously, all these an- these questions are need to be answered. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch and, and see how this plays out. So, uh, before we get into any more doom and gloom for the 2022 season, we do want to kind of. Uh, take a moment to uh, pay our respect for a Penn State staff member that has retired. Um, longtime strength and conditioning coach, uh, the past eight years, but 30 plus years as a strength and conditioning coach, Dwight Galt III. Um, you have some knowledge of what he means to the Penn State program and what it means when someone of that tenure in that specific position, strength and conditioning coach, leaves. Um, what is the void that Dwight Galt leaves? I mean, when you have somebody who's got that experience, um, and be able to and to lose him from your program is I mean that's look that that's a that's a tough loss right there, um, you know because what it becomes all right who's going to replace him, who can fill that void without you know a drop in production, right that's what it, that's what it becomes and and like the strength and conditioning coach in college football Tom, it's a year round job, right it's not all right you know just. You know, you're not you're not just in the background, right? You are you are the guy, because the way the rules are and things like that. There's windows for you know you have meetings with coaches. Obviously, there's windows to practice, right? Spring ball, training camp, things like that. But you are around the strength coach all year, putting pl- uh, strength and conditioning plans together for you in the winter, in the summer, during training camp, during the season. Um, you know, hey, what do I need to be doing now? You know. You know, with with my arm, you know, uh, you know, w- with you know more conditioning, things like that. What I need to be doing in, in the summer when I go home for a few weeks. So, it's such a crucial role. It's such an important role. Um, you know, man, it's it's definitely a tough spot that Penn State's in right now. I know uh, I read something that said you know it could potentially be Chuck Losey, right? Who who was an assistant there? I think everybody probably recognizes him from the from the handlebar mustache. <laughs> You know that he has, but but he's been yeah, with he's, he's a been, wild man. He's been with Dwight Galt for a long time. He's been with James Franklin for a long time. So it'd be interesting to see what they do there, man. But I mean, those strength and conditioning head coaches in college, man, they're look, call me crazy, Tom. They're just as important as the head football coach. 
I'm, I'm still, I mean, it, it, it is like it's it is it is a very criminally undervalued yes. coaching position. Anytime, uh, he, anytime yeah. I talk about the 2012 season, Tom, and you know, people talk about Bill O'Brien, how great of a job he did, and you know, Charlie Fisher, um, you know, my former quarterback coach, I always bring up Craig, Craig Fitzgerald, who was our our head strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach. He broke us down as players. He built us back up. You talked earlier about Georgia being in great shape and great condition. That's why we won a lot of our games because how great of condition and how great a shape we are in because of Craig Fitzgerald strength and conditioning program, um, you know, making us tougher mentally. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, again, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a, the perfect way to describe it. Tom is just, it's underrated. It's an underrated position. Mm-hmm. These guys don't get the credit they deserve. So, uh, thank you to Dwight Galt the third for everything he did for Penn state. And we enjoy him, uh, wish him a happy retirement, mm-hmm. uh, good for him. So, uh, hopefully, uh, the next man up, does as good of a job so we're looking forward to that uh i know we totally butchered the 2022 schedule situation (laughs) but you know what go to a freaking website and find out and you speculate and figure out what you think it is for yourself and tweet at us and let us know what you think the actual record is going to be for 2022 comment on youtube you guys are great about that and let us know what you think penn state's actually going to look like in terms of win loss record in 2022 once the schedule gets finalized I'm not a reporter. Go to a website, Google it, have fun with that. So uh, we covered we'll we covered pretty much every game, and I think yeah, that's the I'm most just I'm a wrestling part. announcer. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next Wednesday for another edition of Pater. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.